Coco Show. It's chocolate, baby. Yeah, the Coco Show. It's about to go crazy. Run it, run it, run it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say it how I want it. All the time. Grab the mic to speak so I can say what's on my mind. I'm gonna say it how I want it. All the time. Grab the mic to speak so I can say what's on my mind. I'm gonna say it how I want it. some relevance and I um, wanted to share that Um, a lot of times in being in a place for so long um, it could make you you know maybe numb to all the adjusting to it and allow you to just um, settle in to uh, you know, new things and new adjustments or new uh, uh, places or people or spaces in your life Um, and being present in that for so long, it's like um, I think a word or a phrase we often use is like second nature. It's not even a phrase. Uh, the words we use are second nature as far as you being familiar with certain things, people's uh, places and things like that. And um, you kind of go in and out of that place or space or people Um with just little to no thought, it's almost like uh, repetitious in a sense. Um, 
And in that space, sometimes you kind of find some sort of comfort um, to where you, you know, feel confident as far as what it is um, or what you plan to get out of it. Um, or if it's just a place for you to idle in, you know, for some people, it could be places where you feel like you're, you know, you feel smarter um, in an environment around certain people when you settle in there and it kind of boosts or makes you feel better. Um, there's people that know other people and they will gravitate towards a certain group just because they're like-minded in a sense of anything relational. And it's like they settle in to kind of normalize some things and maybe get out of the head about other other uh, thoughts that might pass through that they either feel bigger, it's feel is bigger, or they, um, you know, some of the problems they kind of want to avoid. Um, they use those that space to kind of retreat from being in. Uh, you know, those difficult uh, spots when it comes to dealing with life. And it becomes comfortable. You do it all the time. Uh, you have access to it all the time. Um, it's something you might, you know, do daily. You might find yourself in this place often enough to where, you know, you almost didn't give a thought and realize that that you actually access that daily. And the thing about that I learned today about comfort and discomfort is that if you rest in a place that you can find comfort because it's second nature, but realize that space is discomforting, which is why you don't stay, you know, then you, it, it keeps you at a standstill. It keeps you at a place where you, you don't get to move. Um, movement is necessary for us, I believe. Forward movement in particular. Um, to not move is to allow your body to settle into a place. And I mean, have you ever, I just remember my last drive, you know, being, excuse me, in a seat for so long when it was time to stand, it hurt. I remember when, um, I started to train on forklifts and I was learning to drive them, you know, especially oh, all of them, really, they all hurt, you know, the sit downs, the stand ups, all of them. You sit down on these things for so long when you come off, it's like your legs don't work. And it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And, you know, I noticed the longer you ride on, especially forklifts in particular, you know, the longer you ride on them, the longer you realize you try, you know, you try to adjust as you're riding because, you know, like I said, my first time I was on them, I got off of them after a long time. My legs just felt like stiff and paralyzed, but you kind of adjust and you, you get used to and you find some sort of comfort in that discomfort, you know, um, but it's something that. You never uh, find a place or you'll never find that thing where if it's a, a comfort in your discomfort, you don't stay in that because it, you realize what it is in a sense. And it, and it forces you out. Of, you're like, you, it's almost you can't it's almost like you can't take too much of it. 
and you have to get out of it at some point. And, um, you know, the thing about that is it's like we, we are supposed to move. We're always supposed to move and we're always, and I believe we're always supposed to move forward. But, uh, some of us are in places where either we want to escape from the realities of life, the pains, um, the setbacks, displeasures, um, you know, all these things that we face in our life. Like sometimes we want to retreat from that and go back to um, a place where we can find some sort of comfort and and relax and almost stay put for a moment. Uh, for some people, it's like that corner of the ring. You know, if you're a boxer, you know anything about boxing, you return to that corner of the ring and you sit there in your pain while you reflect on what just happened and try to bring up enough something in your mind and your physical ability to stand up again and go back out there, you know. But it's a place where you can't stay long because you realize that's not where you're supposed to be. But we often retreat, especially if you ever feel like if you get knocked back down, you know, for some people, it might be um, a cocktail, you know, a beer could be a blunt, you know, it could be a a person, a job, a place. Um, You know, these things are some of the discomforts and the places that we often go back to, but it's a place we know we, we no longer need to be. And, um, you know, one of the hard things about life is realizing, um, where you're not supposed to be because it's hard to, uh, let go of things. It's hard to bring yourself to a place to say, well, I'll, I'll never come back to this. And anytime that you ever vocally express that, it's going to be tested immediately almost. And you, it's, it's, it's difficult to change, um, in that regard. However, if you're still lost in trying to figure out maybe what, which way or direction you should go in your life or, uh, things that you should do, then, um, you, you're left in idle mind and you're kind of thinking on some of these things, um, not realizing that it's the environment that controls the mind. You know, they, I spoke about mental real estate, uh, which I still will create a part two on that, but it's like those people that you give your mind's time to, you know, they feed and fuel what you'll do with whatever, uh, comes next from when you leave that, that situation, that discomfort place that you should be in anyway. It's like they fuel it. And so if you feel like you're stuck in the rhythm, it's because of what you give your mind's time to. You know, if there's something that you figure out that you might be interested in or that you want or you know exactly what you're supposed to do, then you should find people to gravitate towards and get to know that can fuel that, which brings you out of common places and place uh, in um, discomfort uh, situations where you can now readjust and move forward. Um, Another thing about, you know, um, being in a comfort in discomfort, it's like you find yourself in like in rest in a restful posture where you kind of let things go. You let down guards, you let, you know, you become a little bit more vulnerable, even though in some of those environments, you're still hurt. 
you're still beaten. You're still, you know, it, it still affects you. And, um, and it takes a hit at you in many different ways. And like, you have to, um, you know, realize that you, you have a limit, right? There's a limit of what you're able to take, um, before it can be, or can, can be considered fatal. Um, and I wanted to share a story in, in relation to this, um, which I'm gonna get to in just a minute. But when I, when this came to me, when I heard this in the message and I was thinking about something else, um, and I don't even know why my mind gravitated on it. And like, you know, part of me wanted to just talk about something else, you know, and, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't escape my mind. And, uh, so I, I, maybe I'm supposed to speak about it. I don't know, but I'll just, you know, when, when it came to me, it made me look at the situation in a different light of, uh, a friend from the story that, um, <clears throat> found a comfort right in a discomfort. And, you know, now looking back, it's like, I saw how hard he wanted to try to keep that intact because of his, his, his thought process, thought process of needing it. Um, and, and not sure what to do without it. Um, which makes me now think more of him because I'm like, now I wonder where that leaves him and actually where he's, what he gravitate towards. If it's not forward movement, then you're stuck into that same rhythm. And, um, I don't know, you know, we're still friends to this day, but I'm like, you know, I wonder what, uh, what does he gravitate to now? Um, but I know that we have to continue to move. You know, you can't allow yourself to just stay in one place. I just, you know, for me in particular, I felt called to so much more, you know, and I think a lot of things in my past kind of hindered me from moving at all. So it, you know, what I did was felt like I was in that rut of landing in discomfort often and trying to make sense of it and wondering why there's no, no other, uh, advances or any other, um, ways to anything different. Um, but it's, you know, hearing that it just kind of was, uh, crazy to hear, but anyway, I wanted to get into the story that I want to share with you guys. Um, I think it's important to share real stories with people that might listen because um, I want it to be that I'm sharing some of the struggles that I deal with in regards to what I'm talking about versus assuming what you might go through and maybe create content off of that. Because at the end of the day, um, yes, we are all going through something, but you know, a lot of times when we struggle with, um, any pains or any discomfort or anything that's not going our way. A lot of times we love to hide and retreat, um, and keep those things from certain, uh, people because we feel like, you know, well, people don't need to hear that, or that's my personal business, or, um, you know, I don't want to expose myself or show myself that I'm, I'm affected this way, but I, I'm looking at it differently, you know, and I'm only saying this for me. So I'm not speaking on this to call anyone out even, 
But I'm like, I want to share my life story. I believe that, um, you know, you look at someone like a Kevin Hart and he may share certain personal intimacies about his life. His comedy started on a lot of his family and kind of exposing certain things and then um, turning those into uh, jokes that we get to enjoy. But it's him sharing his life. I believe that's important because um, it is being able to see um, what others are going to going through um, creates a relatable um, opportunity for others to connect with um, without you having to expose what you might be going through, uh, because all of that is choice. Um, and that way I can reach, I feel like more people in the sense of if I say something and you're like, yes, I've dealt with that on some level, you, you know that for yourself. And hopefully what I say helps um, that situation or other situations that you might face. Or if you are uh, someone who might be a, a mentor or a counselor to someone else, then you can take maybe something you might have learned from what I said and apply it to what you may say. You know, so I'm looking at it in that light. Um, I want to share the story. And, and you know, like I said, I want to be able to tell my life story and share my life story. Um, I just think it's important. And I think it's, um, you know, um, we'll be one of many voices that will share that. You know what I'm saying? Well, that will continue to speak about things that I've shared in my life. Um, so anyway. This story um, actually happened to me so many years ago. Um, I can't pinpoint the actual year, um, but it was well before 2011. Um, excuse me. And it's a story that I want to share because... Um, a few things, and I didn't get to put this in the topic, but a few things, um, that, you know, this story holds a lie, right? This, and I'm saying like, I'm going to tell you the true version of the story, right? So I'm saying when I, in the story, you'll hear a lie, right? Um, that lie will be tested and then you will hear, um, a moment of decision and a moment of spiritual um interference if you will i'm gonna call it that and um i also want to share um another part of that but you know the uh, anyway that one piece that i think the comfort and discomfort kind of relates to i'll share that piece so the story was well back way back before like i said 2011 and back then um you know we used to go to the lakes a lot. I say we used to go, as in me and my ex-wife, um, this friend, his wife, um, most of, mostly just us. Um, we didn't have kids then. Well, they did. We didn't. And we would go to the lake. They would never bring them. I don't know why. <laughs> but we went to the lake uh, this one particular time because we used to go a lot um, and just kind of hang out, you know, splash in the water, swim a little bit, you know, get, you know. Enjoy a sunny day, have lunch, things like that. So this is one particular day. We decided to go back up to uh, Lake uh, Kiwi. 
Lake Gokasi, Lake Kiwi. If you're not familiar, it's up towards Table Rock in South Carolina. Um, so those lakes. Um, anyway, we were going up there. We we're having a good time. It was just one. Of, just a normal day. We didn't think nothing of it. And I think we had packed a picnic lunch to kind of eat there at the beach or at the lake. And, um, you know, just kind of enjoy a day of it and just relax, you know, re recoup and, you know, just come back refreshed, you know, nothing to it. And so we pack our things, we pack our lunch, just sandwiches and chips, nothing, nothing fancy, you know, some sodas and bottled water and, we grab our towels and everything. We get our get everything loaded up in the car. Smiles, music, laughter, jokes about things that we, you know, we we find funny or, you know, a lot of me and my guy friend, uh, he, you know, we do a lot of reference to the old show, Martin, and just laughing about things like that. And during the time we're driving down the road, it's about an hour and 30 minutes from for us to get there get out there we park the car and we're kind of one of the few people out there um the park or the the lake at the time was just there were a few boats on the water but um it was just uh a few people actually about to leave and then i think there was another couple that was coming out um to enjoy the lake themselves so we are unpacking our things you know setting up a little place to just sit and relax and then you know go in the water enjoy it and I'm a person who loves to swim in deep water. Don't know why. Maybe I'm built for depth. I don't know, but I just love to swim in deep water. Like, drop me in the ocean. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I'm, I'm ready to get in the water. I got these big smiles. I'm swinging my arms like I'm ready to go. And uh, I asked my friend and my guy friend and... I said, hey, man, you want to uh, swim out there with me in the middle? Like way out there in the middle? And he said, yeah. And I said, you can swim, right? And he said, yeah. And um, my ex-wife, she's like, oh, Lord, you better be careful. Nate, Nate can swim for days, and he loves swimming out there and you know, going so far that he's, he gets tired and comes back. He just, he loves that. He's like, be careful. And um, so he was like, he'll be fine. And we got out there and we were going, you're about to get started and head out in the water. And now I, at the time, I just wanted to do a lap uh, almost like towards the middle. And I was like, all right, you know, kind of created a point. I was like, all right, so we'll swim this far out. We'll point, you know, I pointed out a good ways out. And um, I was like, we'll swim out there, you know, kind of hang out. And then we'll come back. And he was like, all right, cool. And um, it was real deep. So I loved it. You know, I'm out there swimming. And once we got going, it was just, for me, it was just energizing. I'm like, yeah, sun's on my back a little bit. I'm splashing through the water. He's swimming kind of right next to me, right? And, you know, we're going out in the water, enjoying the time. It's just great. All good. We get out to almost to the point. We ain't even make to the point. We get almost to the point, and my friend immediately starts to lose his mind, and he's going underwater. Up and he's coming up, he's going underwater, coming up, going underwater. And I'm like, swim, you know. So I'm looking at him crazy almost at first, and I'm like, swim, swim. And he's going up, coming down. 
At this point, he's panicking and he's taking in water. He's swallowing it. So uh, I see him freaking out. And like I said, he's, you know, he's splashing. He's swinging his arms at this point now. And I realize he doesn't really know how to swim. So now you know what the lie is. Um, so I tell him, I say, listen, doggy, you know, I'm, I'm out here like, you know, um, treading water. And I'm like, well, doggy paddle, doggy paddle. And at this point, he's not even like respond, like he's not even listening. And he's now going underwater a little bit longer, taking in more water. And he's almost like heavy breathing. So he's taking in more water as he's going in and out. Now, as the splashing started, his wife already saw him from, you know, where the sand was or whatever. And she's screaming out his name. Right. And my wife is losing her mind because it's going down. And so I proceed to try to bring him in back to, you know, where, where, where they are safe, you know, safety. Um, like I said, it's just me, him in the water at the time, uh, our wives or my ex-wife on, you know, by the sand. And then the other couple, like I told you that was pulling up to enjoy their day. So I proceed to try to pick him, you know, grab him, um, almost under cup, under cuff, under his arms and kind of like, or go under his arms and kind of grab his upper chest to bring him into shore. Um, and mind you, I've never been in this situation before ever. Um, and I never will again. <laughs> um, so I, I try to bring him in myself, but he is so in panic that his swinging of arms and losing his mind he's now hitting me in hit in the head because he's panicking and so now we're both starting to go underwater which i'm comfortable like i said as far as being underwater um i've never been in the military or anything like that but i for my, my father was but i don't know if that has anything to do with anything but as a kid i used to be able to hold my breath i used to have like a little timex watch for up to five minutes. And I found that to be really easy to do. I don't know why. And so me going underwater, there was no panic in that sense because I felt like I could stay underwater a heck of a lot longer than my friend, of course. So I, I'm going in, he's pushing me in and almost trying to use me as leverage to push himself up and out of the water. So now I'm not just going underwater. He's shoving me further to the bottom while he's trying to push himself up, if you can kind of envision that. And so I'm coming up, which I'm fine. I'm not panicking, but I'm trying to get back to him to try again. So I tried this about two to three times and trying to bring him in. And he is losing his mind. Um, the guy, there's a guy, another couple on the, on the, the sand area. Uh, the guy's wife, I guess, or girlfriend, whoever she was to him, um, immediately tried to respond. I like witnessed them because I saw what was going on. I'm trying to like view the panic from the sand. I'm also looking at this other couple and I'm trying to, you know, trying to just gauge the, what's going on. And uh, the guy's girlfriend, wife, whatever, um, immediately tried to run in the water and he grabbed her wrist immediately, like so quick. And, and I could hear him speak and I could hear all the panic 
And he was just like, don't go out there. He's going to bring you under two. So I'm, I'm now going, I'm trying the same thing. So I'm going, he's pushing me in. I'm coming back up, trying to bring him in. I'm still fine. I'm not panicking. And he's just pushing me in, but he's like taking in a lot of water. So he's really losing it. I don't know how much water at this point, but he's just, his panic has gotten so dramatic that he's about to take us both down. So I'm in a place where, you know, in my mind, I'm like, one of us might not make this situation. We might not make it out of it. And um, I'm not a selfish person. So no one else knows this, but it's like in the moment I had made a decision underwater, right? So this was, it was over and over. I can't tell you how many times he shoved me underwater, but um, it was a lot to where my muscles began to get tired. Again, when I swim out in the water and I get tired, I'm fine with just laying on my back to kind of rest and recoup. Then I can come back. But I was to the point to where I didn't want, I was kind of like, my arms are getting so tired. I didn't even have the, as far as he was pushing me in, I didn't have as much strength to kind of continue to uh, swim back to the surface and and try to pull him back in now every time i tried i was getting him closer and closer but every time when he didn't want to be i guess grabbed that way and he panicked more so like i would come in a little bit swim a little bit and he would shove me in and i would come back up try to do it again bring him in bring him in push me down and i didn't know how close we were to uh that area, like where, where our wives were at the time and, uh, what was going on. So I, um, um, I just kept trying until I got to that one point and I had a, a mental realization, like one of us might not make it out of this. And I didn't want it to be him. So I made a decision. There was one time he pushed me back in the water pretty good and I couldn't feel the ground or anything. It was pretty deep. And I just, I told myself, I'm going to try to save his life and I will, I will sacrifice my, sacrifice my life. And what I was going to do was try to swim with him, um, underwater, right? This is all I had to think about it, you know, and get him closer to shore. But I know in doing so, I wasn't going to have the air capacity to be able to sustain myself. So. No one knew this. I didn't say this to the guy at the time. I wasn't even like trying to add to his panic and telling him he was going to take us both down. I didn't say any of that. I was just trying to help the whole time. And um, I had made that decision in the water. So he shoved me in the water, made that decision. And I was just like, all right, well, fine. And so it was wild to me because this is where I call the spiritual interference. I don't think I was supposed to die um, because when I made that thought, that that or that decision in thought that guy the guys uh that was on the shore or by the sand or whatever he i guess we were at a point to where he came in grabbed his arm pulled him out and then pulled me out and it was when i made that decision and crisis was averted and um he educated me. He said, as soon as I got back, I mean, as soon, everyone's puffing and puffing. Oh, my God, are you OK? To him, more, more so, you know, and that's fine. Um, he said, the guy that I didn't know, he said, next time you ever find yourself in that situation, you're trying to swim with someone, 
the best thing to do is to knock them out. Take your fists and knock them out because they must be unconscious so they can stop panicking for you to be able to swim with them. And I just kind of nodded and told them thank you. And, you know, kind of huffed and puffed. And that kind of changed the whole, you know, the rest of the day. Because, of course, we left after that. And, uh, you know, then it kind of turned back into laughter once everything was fine in the sense of I'm never going back to the lake with you again, you know. Um, But it was a time where I was going to forfeit my life for my friend. And um, just so that he could live. And, you know, and then I witnessed the power of what a lie could do. Like, why would you tell me that you could swim if you can't? And like, what what's the what would what what's so wrong with not being able to or maybe using that opportunity to learn, man, like that that almost cost us one of our lives. You know, um, that friend um Actually, you know, like I said, we're friends to this day, but, you know, there was so much that, of course, that happened in our our lives so far. And just um, there were things that were um, kind of coming about in the sense of um, him, you know, um, getting comfortable with certain things as far as. Uh, our relationship and kind of what that brought, you know, was becoming, it was like something that he found more beneficial to him, even at my discomfort. So even that, you know, in a panic mode, it was like, it was, it was <laughs> fight or flight. And um, I just needed to, you know, maybe have a a moment where like that just really i guess resonated with my mind i'm so sorry y'all i'm so distracted right now give me one second hold on buddy hey buddy Hi. how are you good. that's good I got a question for you. Did you turn in your money, for, the money for the Thanksgiving thing? I was going to say the please, uh-huh. but she said that you had to take it. I have to take it and do what with it? Take it to the front office and pay here. I can pay today so we can swing around and do it right now? No, you have to do it on the day. On, on Thursday. You put it in an envelope. Okay. And well, she licked it. Ew, gross. It's not my problem. But it's her saliva, and now I gotta hold it. No, she licked it to seal it up. Okay, well, go ahead and give it to me. Let me ask you. You know what? I better come back. Um, thank you, love. I appreciate you. What does that say? This is lunch. Hold on. All right, we'll take care of that then. Hola. <laughs> I was telling them when your dad almost died at the lake. What? Daddy, 
What? What did you do this time? Oh, this was way back before you were even born, buddy. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. That's what it always is. It is. <laughs> it's like back in always biblical before times, before Christ, before, <laughs> before like. <laughs> um, yeah, I was telling them that story, but. All right. But yeah, there was a a lot of things that, you know, like I said, was becoming just more of a benefit for him than it was for me. And, um, you know, that came to mind today as far as how I, when I heard what he said, it just kind of, and I won't repeat, but just it resonated with me in the sense of what, what this was. And I, you know, I found myself right in this one time at, um, in a lake with him. And there was a moment of discomfort, you know what I'm saying? And, and for others, it was a moment of comfort. And I just, I, I witnessed that throughout the entire time of our connection. And so it makes me, what's up, buddy? Oh, this one's old, but this one's fairly new, and I'm willing to share, so you can have some. Thank you. You're welcome. What is this? Coca-Cola. So, I, w- I witnessed that being the trend in uh, the connection with this guy, and I'm like, you know, I-, I heard it in a way that, for me, it made me look at him puzzled, like, um, why would you say that? But then it gave me understanding. It was the revelation in the sense of, oh, I am the portion of this connection that is in a place of discomfort and you are the one in the place of discomfort. And it just, it was a something that was only fueling and benefiting, um, him. Um, and it was at my expense and I, you know, I am one to tell people and try my best to forgive and not not hold grudges or not hold against to love no matter what and you know try again all those things and so um, I think that's why our connection still exists today but you know I I learned through a lot of these um, connections that I can't let myself rest in a certain place um, that keeps me at a standstill. Because like I said in the beginning of this, you know, I believe we all need to move forward. We all need to have movement in our life first and foremost. But we all need the situation that was keeping me at a standstill um, and holding me back from what I feel I need to do. And so... Like I said, it's not easy to realize that you are in a place um, where it is a where you're finding yourself um, in a comfortable spot that is discomforting to you. Once you realize what it is and trying to remove yourself from it can really hurt or be painful, Um, but it is necessary and I need to find myself whether I'm ripping off the band-aids or whatever um, to, to properly treat these wounds and heal because I need to continue to move forward and move forward. Um, 
I, I feel the life that I've been given depends on it. That makes sense. Not in the sense of life and death, but what I'm supposed to do with the life I've been given, it depends on it. And so growth is where I want to rest in and, and, and find joy and happiness from because, you know, I, there's so much that I want to do to better me for the sake of any connections I might have currently or any new ones that I might get. I think it's um, healthy and wise and, and important to make sure that you uh, can better yourself in any situation or as long as you have life, but also for the betterment of those that you might come in contact with so that your, um, your interaction is a positive one and not a negative one. And so... Yeah, um, like I said, you know, I say this a lot, especially on wisdom. Take inventory of your life and um, make sure that the surroundings that you you're 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 placing yourself in, whether it's people, places, um, or you know, addictions or um, anything that you gravitate to, just I want you to take inventory of it and just make sure that you understand where you are, I think understanding gives you uh, freedom to make new choices, right? So take inventory and make sure that the environment you're in are those that benefit you and not hinder you or hold you back or keep you in places that are discomforting or speak against your dreams or things that you want to accomplish in your life before it's all over. Um, I spoke to another friend too. He was just telling me, you know, how he has, so many other things in line, like everything else for him is in order from finances to credit to family uh, or not family, sorry, finances, credit, you know, dream car, house, all those things, trips, you name it. But the one thing that he's passionate about and the one thing that he doesn't have and that's kind of broken and, and all out of place is his family. And, um, you know, it's the one thing that he wants the most and he doesn't have it right now, but you know, he, same thing. It's like, it, it gravitates to some of the things that he knows that are almost a discomfort because it brings back the reality that the people you surround yourself with aren't your family. So he goes out and enjoys himself or out of town or clubs or, you know, DJs, this and that. And those things aren't fueling what, you know, what he really needs. And he needs to find a way to, you know, create a connection back to what he loves the most. And that's his family. So, um, yeah, just take inventory and just you know, and I say that to say I'm 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 telling you guys this because this is what I'm this is what I'm doing, you know. I hope this helps, but it's like if you guys can relate on some level or know someone that might be in that same boat, it's like maybe you can help them with that. And if you're someone who speaks life to people, then maybe you can add that to what you might already be saying. But um, I just think it's important to take inventory and make sure that what you are doing is what's necessary for where you're going. Um, Cause I don't want to find myself just being held back in a place 
that I shouldn't be anymore. I need to, I need to come in and I'm, I'm relicking it back all the way or, uh, rooting it back to the lake, if you will. But I, it's time for me to come out of that lake because I'm still alive. I'm still alive. Um, man, when that thought came back to me though, it's like in the time of my life, it's like I can remember being underwater, what it felt like and not being able to see clearly and, but there was a peace. There was a peace. And um and just being there and even in that situation. But but yeah, I learned a lot. And um sometimes, you know, going through something over and over, it takes that over and over before you get to a place where you realize what's really going on. So and then once you once you find out, like I said, that's the hard work. You gotta clock in and make changes. Um, it's just not easy. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys got something from this. I want to be on here the whole time. I, I want to tickle this little girl cause she needs to smile too. And, um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to get off here, but, uh, I'll be back soon. Cause I really want to talk about mental real estate again. I may actually come back on today. Um, around five thirty, six o'clock, possibly, um, if I can leave on time and then I might do that part two of mental real estate, but please share this man. And, um, like I said, I hope it added value to you guys. And, um, if you didn't get to catch the beginning part of it, of course you can go back and listen to it if you want. Um, and thank you guys for listening. I always hit people that come in with follows if I haven't already. So... with some likes before I get off. I hope you guys have a good day and stay safe.